Taxi. This is the 77 WABC minicast. With us this morning is General Wesley Clark, the Supreme Allied Commander of NATO. General, a lot of Americans are confused. Can you fill in all Americans? John, I'm happy to. And I, I would put it this way. I think the United States is in a new era of international relations. We went through the Cold War, and uh, and you and I remember it very well, but it ended 30 years ago. For 30 years, there's been the idea that America is the indispensable power, that we're a unique and exceptional superpower. And on the periphery, uh, there have been other countries growing and developing their power, envious of us, uh, determined to block us. One of them is China. Another is Russia. Uh, Iran is still a problem in the Middle East. And so uh, we have to look around the world and say, where really are we? You have to say the post-Cold War period is over. It is a new era. There is a group of nations that are forming against us, Russia, China, Iran, North Korea, in an organized way that they've never done before. Secondly, in this new era, they are willing to use force. It was shocking to see Russia invade Ukraine. Actually, Russia put 200,000 troops. Now they have 400,000 troops engaged against Ukraine. And just yesterday, President Putin threatened the West again with nuclear weapons. So they're willing to use force. Third thing is that in this environment, nuclear weapons matter. Putin must think they matter. Otherwise, he wouldn't be threatening us. The administration must think they matter because President Biden said he didn't want to start World War III. So Russia has basically got almost a free pass to do whatever it wants to in Ukraine. And we are inhibited by these red lines that have either been negotiated or implicit understandings about what we can and cannot do to help Ukraine. President Biden has forbidden the Ukraine from crossing over some of those lines into Russia. That's exactly right. Our allies in Eastern Europe are very concerned. The closer they are to Russia, the more concerned they are. They say, well, if the United States is, is so respectful of these red lines with Putin for Ukraine, are they going to really, are we going to really risk a war over Lithuania, Estonia, Latvia, Poland? What if Putin threatens nuclear weapons then? So um, it's a new world situation. All the, of the cats roundtable. So we've got to do a lot of things in Europe. And we have to understand also that the financial sanctions that we thought might be a substitute for real going after Russia, they're not working that well. They're they an inconvenience. But Russia's economy is doing okay by the standards of the Kremlin, at least. They've got oil money to spend. And uh, they're getting technology in. One of the recent uh, drones that was shot down determined to have a lot of American components in it. And if you look at trade, the trade between uh, Poland and Kyrgyzstan has skyrocketed in the last year. Kyrgyzstan is suddenly buying more from Poland. No, it's uh, buying it on behalf of Russia. And so that's not an isolated case. That's what happens with sanctions. They're just not that effective. And the, the same thing is happening. Oil. Uh, same thing is happening with oil. It's, it's being shifted uh, midstream some course. But oil is a particular thing because uh, in the American political system, we're very sensitive to the price of gasoline. So if we could uh, just shut down Russia's export of 9 or 10 million barrels of oil a day, price of gasoline might be $8 a gallon. But Russia wouldn't have that money. Is it worth it for the American consumer to have to pay 8 or $9 a 
uh, that gallon for gasoline just to keep Russia from invading Ukraine, and they might do it anyway. These are the kinds of issues that we have to confront as a nation. And we also have to look at our armed forces. Don, the the Army and Navy, uh, the volunteer force is a great concept. But as the memories of World War II faded and the memories of the Cold War have faded, young Americans don't have much interest in the armed forces. Eighty percent of the recruits we're getting into the Army have, uh, over the last two or three years, have all been people who come from Army families, grandfather, father, uncle, aunt, brother, sister. They have a connection to the Army, but the vast majority of the American people don't, and we're missing our recruiting goals. Same thing with the Navy. So we have to relook this. And our military-industrial complex, we can't provide Ukraine with the artillery ammunition it needs. Why? We're not producing enough. So there are many different facets of where we are right now that have to be reexamined if we are going to continue to compete and have the kind of stable, American-friendly international environment Americans have traditionally come to expect. What happened, uh, General, too, what I've been saying is that the fact is it's also oil money involved. When President Biden uh, took over and created problems for the oil industry and the price went from 55 to 110, that made Russia's budget, that made all of OPEC's nation's budget, it made Iran's budget. And every time it, it is an attempt to get the price of oil down, something happens like what happened with the Red Sea. We're the, we're the greatest oil-producing country in the world. Our production is higher than anybody else's. We could produce more if the government wanted us to. They could incentivize it. They could open up more federal areas for drilling, et cetera. And so the administration is trying to get the balance right. We have to have oil for energy. We're, we're still in a petroleum-based economy with oil and plastics and things like this. At the same time, we want to move and address the challenges of climate change. It's been a really tough balancing act. And in the middle of this, you've got this war going on. And it's increasingly hard for the United States to look at dealing with Russia and China as business as usual, especially with the case of Russia. When you're being threatened with nuclear weapons, it, it's not business as usual. So we're going to get through this presidential election season one way or another, and the next president is going to have a a big challenge. If it's President Trump, maybe he'll just say to Mr. Putin, look, uh, you can have Ukraine. Uh, We're not interested in NATO. We're really interested in in just keeping uh, people away from our southern border, and let's make a good deal. And if it's President Biden, maybe he'll do what uh, Woodrow Wilson did 100 years ago. Woodrow Wilson ran for president in 1916 on the platform of we would not get involved in World War One. 30 days after he was inaugurated, he asked Congress for a declaration of war to go against Germany and Austro-Hungary. And so... And history repeats itself sometimes. Well, it's what they say. Maybe it doesn't repeat itself, but at least it rhymes. And so uh, here we are again. We have pressing foreign policy issues. We have an election campaign going. We have two candidates who are squaring off against each other with different visions of the future. The American people have some fateful decisions to make in this election. General, last question. We talked about the dangers of nuclear weapons. How far away is Iran from pushing that button and having them? Well, my suspicion is that Iran probably has its first nuclear weapons right now, but doesn't want to declare it. Maybe because they don't have enough of them, maybe because they're not sure of them. Maybe because they know that when they declare, maybe Israel will bomb them. I've watched this program evolve for a long time. And, you know, for years, we've, for, for two or three years, we said they're only months away from getting a nuclear weapon. 
Well, what's keeping them from getting a nuclear weapon? Well, they haven't announced it yet. So my guess is they probably are uh, in the throes of putting together their first uh, set of nuclear weapons. Once that's announced and becomes reality in the Middle East, it's a new environment for the protection of Israel. And it's a new incentive for the Arab states to gain their own nuclear weapons. General Wesley Clark, thank you for everything you've done for our country. God bless you and God bless America. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sean.